Apparently, murder is big business in America. Fresh off the Alex Murdoch murder slash ratings bonanza, we have the Lori Vallow Daybell murder trial. Now, there are some similarities between the two cases. Both involve murder of family members. Both involve multiple dead bodies around the situation. And both involve much-watched TV on Netflix. Yeah, both have their own Netflix TV special. Yeah, murder, big business in America. Supreme Court, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to up your game. I'm thinking maybe a, a sex scandal, maybe a Supreme Court spring break edition. I don't know, but your current lineup just isn't cutting it compared to the Alex Murdoch murder trial and now the Lori Vallow Debell case. Now, let's start with the obvious. Lori doesn't look like a mass murderer. No, when I am imagining what a mass murderer looked like, that image does not come to mind. Right. I mean, come on. Who does an over-the-shoulder photo op from the back of a police car? Well, Chris and I are going to unpack this amazing story, this amazing murder trial, plus provide an update on the Alex Murdoch murder trial. Why? Well, because murder is big business. All this in this week's debriefing of the law. Welcome to this week's edition of Debriefing the Law. I am Joel Oster. I am Chris Marone. And Chris, we teased last week about this amazing murder trial that has some connection to your neck of the woods, the Lori yeah. Vallow Daybell trial. Have you been following that trial? Very, very much so. That is that is the now that the Murdoch trial is over, the Vallow trial has, you know, has encompassed the Marone household. I'm afraid that that's a reality. There's no shortage of murder trials to keep our attention. That's why you have you know courtroom TVs. Like every week, there's a, several different murder trials to pick from. From I explained this one to my wife yesterday. This yeah. is an amazing story, and Chris, I don't even know how this is going to play out. I mean, we're going to talk about the facts of this amazing murder case, and then we're going to talk about the legal issues that that's going to be a problem for the prosecution. Yeah. All right, let's just kind of dig in here. And again, some of the facts are, are somewhat complicated, but basically you have Lori Vallow Daybell. And, and so here we go. Back in on December 5th of 2018, Lori was married to another person. And she, yep. she and Chad Daybell appeared on this podcast together. And Chad is a... um. I don't know how you describe him, a Jim Jones kind of guy with a microphone. He is a podcaster, and yep. his subject is religious doomsday writings. Are you a follower of that kind of podcast? Uh, well, no. I, I am not a follower of the doomsday prepping revelations chapters are uh, literal and not figurative type of people. Okay, but maybe more to the point, have you checked out who you do podcasts with? I mean, you don't know. Are you podcasting with a fellow mass murderer? We're not going there. Joel, I feel like we've been friends long before this podcast started. So I think I would, I mean, yes, being a KU Jayhawks fan is indicative of murdering people, but um, I feel that you are a safe person and that okay. you are not you are not going to be a serial killer. I really hope. That let's, Maybe uh, in 30 years. Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah, You are right on that one. Right. I am the kind of person in my house where uh, if there is a bug, I will capture okay. that bug and then go outside Ooh. and release it in the wild. I did that recently with a cockroach even. There was a cockroach. Oh. I, I captured it. I was in Florida where cockroaches are more normal than out here in, in Kansas. Prolific is the word. Yeah, exactly. Cockroaches are prolific. In so I took them out of the house and I just released them out there in the wild to make sure it was in the closer to the neighbor's yard than my yard. Uh, but um, <laughs> I'm not going to kill even a cockroach that's in my house. That being said, so again, I, I mentioned this because... Lori was married to another guy, but their marriage was on the rocks. But she appeared on this mm -hmm. podcast with Chad Daybell, and maybe things ignited a passion between the two. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that she fell for his his kind of teachings. Maybe she became a follower of Chad's, you know, doomsday mm -hmm. prophecies. 
Well, so a few months later, so this was on December 5th of 2018, just wind yeah. the clock up a little bit. So a couple months later, February 8th of 2019, Lori was married to a guy named Charles, but then they filed for divorce. So their marriage mm-hmm. was right there on the rocks. Things weren't going well. So then let's go uh, forward to July 11th of 2019. So this would be later on that same year. So about five months later, Charles right. then for some reason goes to... Uh, I believe Lori's house, or, or might have been uh, Lori's brother's uh, house, uh, his or brother's right. Alex, and the reason and Lori was there, the, the family was there, mm-hmm. but for yeah. some reason there was an altercation. Maybe I don't know. And Alex ended up shooting yeah. Charles, her estranged husband, in self-defense, and charges were never filed against um, against Alex. Again, self-defense. Quotation fingers around the words. If it's your estranged husband who's filed for divorce and they're over to mm-hmm. your place or your brother's place and you shoot this person, right? That's problematic right there. I, I mean, I we don't know the details mm-hmm. of this, but just right there, that just sounds kind of odd. Now they had two kids. Uh, well, at least two yep. kids. Uh Ty Lee, a daughter who let's just say was about 15, 16 years of age. Yep. And then they had JJ, who was much younger. I, I think he was about 11 years of age in that yep. range. 10, 11, yeah. Okay. So, again, this all then. So, so the estranged husband was shot in July of this year, 2019. And then uh, just a few months later in September, they said Lori suddenly moves to Idaho, which just happens to be where Chad Daybell lives. So, okay, the mm. podcaster, uh, something was ignited and kindled there. And then I, right. you know, my, my, me and my husband, her and her husband then split up. And then he yeah. goes over to her house and he gets a shot. And now she's going to move right next to this, you know, her, her flame, the object of her desire, if you will. Chris, the story just gets uh, even more uh, thicker or odder because when they moved in September uh, to Idaho, they then took a trip to Yellowstone. Now, have you been to Yellowstone? Yes, it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, but it's scary. Uh, My wife, actually, when we went to Yellowstone, she bought a book on 100 ways to die at Yellowstone. Oh, yeah, no. There's a great uh, site. There's a great author named Nevada Barr. And she does uh, fictional writing of murders that happen in national parks. And her main focus has been in Yellowstone. It's They're great books. Absolutely great books. But um, I think one of the things that um, maybe we'll talk about later in the facts, but the pipeline, so Lori Vallow, pre-being Daybell, lived in Gilbert, Arizona, which is the town that I reside in as well. Um, there is a direct pipeline from people who live in Gilbert, Arizona, moving to Rexburg, Idaho. Interesting. So there, it is um, a heavy LDS community here in Gilbert, Arizona. It is an extremely heavy LDS community in Rexburg, Idaho. That's where one of the LDS church campuses is located. BYU okay. Idaho is located in Rexburg. There is a lot of direct flights from like Mesa Gateway Airport, which is the smaller secondary airport here in the Phoenix Valley that flies directly from Mesa Gateway, which is by Gilbert, to Provo, Salt Lake, and Rexburg, Idaho. So there's it's if you're if you're looking at this in the totality of it, someone move someone's who husband has died, has passed away, re- restarting their life in Rexburg, Idaho is not red flags to anyone who understands Gilbert, Arizona the LDS community and the, the role that Rexburg plays. Now, now for those who are geographically challenged here, Idaho mm-hmm. is not that far away then from Arizona, right? You're going to go due North a little bit. You, so from the drive from Gilbert, Arizona to Rexburg, Idaho is about 20 hours, 20 hours. Yeah. So it's a wow. 14 hour drive to Salt Lake city from here. Uh, mainly cause we have to go around this thing called the grand Canyon. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like this giant hole in the ground, we have to go around to get there. There you go. So, so maybe I'm the one geographically challenged. I thought no, you're not just... geographically challenged. We're just as the crow flies, it's like eight, nine hours. Okay. But but if you have to drive there, it's a it's a longer drive. Now, I mentioned September as being kind of a, a critical point there of 2019 because it's also right. during this month that their two children then 
disappeared. Yeah. In fact, this trip to Go Yellowstone missing. was the last time that the daughter, Ty Lee, was ever seen or heard from. But right. then just a few weeks later, JJ disappears. Now, Chris, we're not doing this podcast to give people any ideas on how to off your family members, right? right. That'd be a horrible thing. Uh, it's not even something to joke about, I guess. But here's the deal. If we're, I was talking about this with my wife yesterday. It's like, how, how could your kids just go missing i mean people would notice that well maybe not because if you move mm -hmm. to a new location they don't mm -hmm. know you they don't know your kids and right. then you homeschool your kids yep again again I, not out of the ordinary for lds couples to homeschool their children so if it in in reading kind of the facts of this case and how it went through is that the the fact that Lori and then Chad, as she later gets married to, they jump around, right? Arizona, Idaho, Hawaii, and they do this triangle, which don't get me wrong, I would absolutely love to be able to travel to Arizona, Idaho, and Hawaii during the year. Um, but nobody knows them. Right. It wasn't until the grandparents started asking questions about where the kids are that this really started heating up. Yeah, so the grandparents, we're going to get there in just a bit, but the grandparents yeah. are the ones who are going to be saying, oh, where are our grandkids? We haven't heard from mm -hmm. them in a while, which, by the way, that's why you should always text your grandkids. Hey, you grandparents yep. out there, you got to make sure you got to mm -hmm. keep tabs on them. Another thing, uh, I'm not sure my, my kids' grandparents would ever know that they went missing. Uh, but that being said, <laughs> um, let's go back to um, uh, our timeline. This is September of 2019, and so they took yeah. this trip to Yellowstone. Now, one um, uh, or just the, the next month, so October 19th, so you know, less than a month later, Chad was still married to his wife, whose name was yep. Tammy. Well, mm -hmm. she went to bed one night and did not wake up the next morning, and the death was right. ruled by natural causes. But Chris, I've lived on this planet now for a half of a century, okay. and um, just like in the Alec Murdoch murder trial and also with this one, I don't have that many dead bodies associated with my life. I mean, how do you have all of these dead bodies just kind of follow you around? I, you know, I guess like some people collect stamps. Other people collect bodies. There you go. I mean, fair, fair, so, fair. So to weird. this it couple weird, right? in this situation, you have all these dead bodies just kind of follow them around. Right. Well, and I think if you look at it now, right. As a as a as attorneys looking back on the timeline, we're like, wow, you're dropping a lot of bodies. But look at it independently. Lori's kids are disappeared, right? People don't know that she has kids. So if you just look at what's going on with Lori, awful tragedy of her brother having having interacted with her ex-husband, which led to a death. So that's okay. That's sad and it's tragic and it's out of the ordinary. All right. Lori moves up to Idaho, seems fairly regular. Okay. We don't know yet that her kids are missing at this no, point in right. the timeline um, because nobody's asking these questions. And then you have Chad Daybell, random guy um, dropping bodies of his own. It's not until they come together that it really right. becomes like, a, a like what, wait a minute. That's yeah, a the lot dots of bodies. Start to be connected. Exactly. Right. That's a lot of bodies dropping. And, and again, people think that they're smart and they can get away with murder. We have, technology nowadays and we have all the time in the world to pick apart every little thing that you've done so guess what chad daybell daytime prepper nighttime murderer like we're gonna connect the dots you're yeah. not you, you know you're you're not master criminals over here now here's a promise you just alluded to we are trying to connect the dots after the fact because in right. real time this was just a death and so an autopsy yep. was not done now Later on, they are going to rule that this death was done via asphyxiation. Well, but it, how do you know that that far after the fact? Because at the time, no autopsy was done. It was ruled by natural causes. And so right. that's going to become an issue of trial. By the way, listeners, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a jump to the end here, kind of a moment. Uh, this death is going to be part of the murder trial. So let's just yes, mark yes. this death as being relevant this, yep. even though it was deemed as natural causes, at the end of the day, in fact, this week, Lori is facing murder trial for Tammy's death. All right. right. So, so this murder is, number one. Right. Uh, this is October 19th, and we don't know yet if the kids have been murdered yet. 
they right. when we look back at this the kids that are missing now well let's this right. is october 19th so let's fast forward a couple of weeks now november 5th of 2019 Lori and chad take a trip to hawaii and they so marry good. in hawaii now hmm. chris again star-crossed lovers I don't, I, I hate oh. to judge other people. I mean, I hope you I don't do. like to quit or quick to judge other people. I am. But that seems like an awfully short time to mourn your spouse. Well, both of them, right? So her spouse was murdered, was shot and killed in July. Right. Chad's spouse dies in October. We're now in November, like early November. Like the, the death of Chad's wife was literally two weeks ago. And he's already marrying Lori in Hawaii. Look, judging aside, right? You want to get married. I know guys that are serial marriers, right? That they, 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 one wife divorces them and they move on to the next one very quickly. Um, to each their own. This is very odd. Very, very odd. Should not, should not be considered normal. And it should be something that you're looking at for things like, I don't know, motive, opportunity, and means. I'm just putting that out there in the universe. Yes. Joel, if my wife ever dies and I get married two weeks later, I need you to point this out to everyone All that right. maybe, maybe Chris had something to do with it. So many of us, uh, I say us, but many people are polygamous. They're just one at a time. And apparently I think this, I believe she's uh, getting... that's monogamous, not polygamous. All right. Polygamous Serial is multiple at the same time. Monogamous right. is one at a time. All right, there you go. Uh, so Lori and Chad marry on November 5th of 2019. I read in one report, though it gets kind of confusing, this would be Lori's fifth marriage. And oh. so, yeah, talk about multiple spouses Serial marrier. Yeah, right. Lori fits that category. Uh, and Indeed. so now they went to Hawaii. The reason why they also want to focus on this just a bit, uh, I, I can't wait to go to Hawaii, and I'm going to bring my boys uh -huh. to Hawaii uh, because yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. And if I didn't bring my kids, now they're adults, but let's just say they were younger, I'm going to arrange for someone to watch my boys, right? Correct. There Correct. was no indication in retrospect that their children ever went to Hawaii with them. No one saw them. There was no right. plane ticket, nothing like that. There's no indication no that the children ever went to Hawaii nor were arrangements made to watch the kids. And I guess you could say, well, the oldest was 16. Maybe the 16-year-old could watch the 11-year-old. You know what? That's an issue right there. There's no evidence of the kids. So as of November 5th, 2019, maybe the kids already went missing. Well, let's fast forward another uh, couple of weeks. November 26, 2019. And for those of you trying to place this in recent memory, this would be just mm -hmm. a, when the pandemic is just starting to happen. It's going to yep. hit the United States by about February of 2020. So right. November of 26, a missing persons case was opened for both of their kids, JJ and Tylee, by their grandparents, as you alluded right. to earlier. So again, now the investigation is starting to happen. Right. And it was really driven by the grant, like good on the grandparents, right? They really drove it home. That's like, yeah, we get that you moved to Idaho, but we haven't had any contact. They're not posting to their social medias. There's, you know, there's not there. There's a, a, I don't know if you've heard of this, Joel. It's called a Finstagram. And it is a fake Instagram account that your parents don't know about. So you could really show what you're actually doing. It's a thing with teenagers. right? I now. did not know that. But grandma and grandpa had access to the Finstagram. And there wasn't any posting there. So that was reported in the local Arizona Republic News. Big shout out to them. Um, that That's kind of what started the grandparents was like, these ah. kids post to social media a ton. And they haven't posted at all since September. That's, that's how kind of the timeline got started. Interesting. So the grandparents yeah. were watching this Instagram account. No more posting. Right. That is odd. And so, again, it's all right here when um, Lori and Chad go to Hawaii to get married. And then they, they, uh, the oh, missing, missing persons case is opened in November of 26, 2019. The very next yeah. day, the authorities then go to their Idaho home to right. talk to them about these kids. Well, apparently, they decided that now is the time to move, and they vacated yep. their home almost overnight. The, uh, Which doesn't did. scream, um, you know anything right oh the police came by no we're packing up and moving we're gone we'll see you later 
How's it say? Where are you going with this, Chris? Yeah, that seems kind of weird to me. Uh, but all right, let's go forward another couple of weeks. Again, things are moving fast. December 12th of 2019, it's just a few weeks later, Alex mm-hmm. Cole, the one who shot the first husband, Charles, in self-defense, he um, uh, then died of natural causes. Again, I guess that's okay. But man, there's a lot of deaths going on here. There's a third body. Wow. I mean, it's not, it's hard what natural causes is, right? I don't know if you've read a police uh, or a prison report lately, but like 85% of deaths that happen in prison are ruled natural causes. Okay. Is being shanked in the shower in a prison a natural cause now? (laughs) Right? Natural causes. Right? Hey. Natural causes. So, but I mean, that's that's a prison. I mean, I understand. There's not a lot of comparison here. But if you're body number three of natural causes, just out of curiosity, maybe you should do an autopsy. Maybe, I'm thinking there's some question now. And uh, you're right, too many, too many dead right. bodies. Well, they start looking for the, this couple, Lori and Chad. In January yep. 25th, they were found in Hawaii again. Again, no of kids course. with them. And uh, and so on February 20th, about a month later, Lori was arrested. Not for murder, mm-hmm. but basically for lack of supervision. It's like, well, yeah. where are your kids? They are your right. kids. And they're nowhere to be found. And so... You somehow have violated the law because you failed to supervise and keep track of your your kids. Now, in March of 2020, this is interesting. Chad said uh, that the kids were safe. Well, in retrospect, that's going to be an odd thing to say. So how can you say the kids are safe when they were found buried on your property uh, a little little later on? But nonetheless, uh, and so on March 19th, uh, 2020, at the same time, Lori allegedly said the children were zombies. Maybe you heard about that. That kind of hit the news there a little yeah. bit. Yeah, This is a great start to a mental health or insanity defense. Yes. It is a great, great. But again, also, and, and we kind of glossed over it at the beginning, but Chad Daybell's podcast is absolutely crazy. Okay. Like, like it is that re- the book of Revelations, and for those of you who are unfamiliar with the book of Revelations, um, he believes that the book of Revelations is literal, that there will be a seven-headed beast with seven horns and seven this is and, and seven that's. And he believes it is literal and that people who do not believe that it is literal are like lizard people or zombies or whatever your conspiracy theory is right now on how how the U.S. government's been replaced by whatever – and so he, in his podcast, and again, God bless my wife for listening to all of this shenanigans and filling me in, like, of, of the level of crazy, like, laying, like, sitting on the couch next to her and talking about this. She's, like, downloading me on all of the craziness that is Chad Daybell. Um, and it's literally, if you are against Chad Daybell, who is a, who believes himself to be a prophet of God, that... If you disagree with him, you are a zombie or you are an antagonist or you are something else. And they like Lori bought it hook, line, sinker, the whole nine yards. Which so, is going to play a part in the trial, which we are going to get to right now. Cause just a few months later, June 9th of 2020. So we're right in the middle of the throes of the pandemic here. And by June 9th, I was right? locked up in my house playing golf. Uh, JJ's <laughs> and Tylee's bodies were found on Chad's yep. property. And so, uh, again, Chad's property at that point in time in Idaho. So May, yeah, yeah. so let's go forward about a year now. May twenty fourth of twenty twenty one, murder charges have been filed. Murder charges have been filed against um Chad and and Lori. And yep. initially, the death penalty was sought against both of them, both Chad and right. Lori. Well, um, the judge then has ruled that Lori shall not face the death penalty, but the death penalty is still on the table against Chad. Now, one yeah. of the issues was whether or not Lori is, is, is fit to, to stand a trial. Competent, right? 
Right. Is she, zombies, and it just sure seems like right. she's kind of crazy. Well, in, uh, the, in April 11th of 2022, Lori was deemed fit to stand trial. And so this last week is when the trial began. Opening statements were made, I believe, on Monday of this week. And so, Chris, yep. let's, uh, let's unpack a little bit here now. What do we think about this trial? That Lori be crazy. And, and actually, you know what? No. Um, I think that she has fully capacity of what she was doing. I think she um, I think she totally understood and was competent to understand that she knew what she was doing could be considered wrong. I think that she just justified it in her head. Um, you, now we have five bodies. Five, five bodies that are now attached to Chad and Lori Daybell. One is a tragedy. Absolutely. One body's a tragedy. So I don't think you get to bodies four and five, which are children, without understanding that you are killing people to get whatever your end goal is, which may right. be a child-free life with the profit of your religion or your belief in Hawaii. All right, Chris, let me make a case, though, on behalf of Lori and see if you Please see do. how you would respond to this, because I know you love, love to play prosecutor. That's kind of like your, your um, oh, it's my second nature. Exactly. Because uh, I think the, the prosecution is going to have a tough case against Lori, oh, and here's why. Total uphill. First of all, she's a, a mother. Now, I do know that um, JJ was adopted, but still... Doesn't she's matter. The, Adoption right. does not matter. No, no, and she she she's the mother of, of these kids. Right. Uh, and, and so it's just hard to believe that a mother would kill her kids like this without her being somewhat level of crazy or, or right. under some other influence. Well, now we bring Chad into the picture. It seems like she really went off rails here. Once Chad came into her life, she started to buy into this whole religious doomsday philosophy. I'm thinking mm -hmm. of a Jim Jones kind of situation yeah. where oh, she was God. under his spell. And, and so the, Number one, we don't have any direct proof that she killed her kids. Uh, we do have direct evidence that these bodies were found on Chad's property, but that Indeed, would kind of link so. Chad, maybe tangentially her, but still no direct evidence against her. If I were her lawyers, I would say she is crazy uh, and she was under Chad's spell. That's why she, that, that would explain a lot of the, well, where are your kids thing? Well, Talk to Chad. He said he would take care of it. Talk to Chad. I didn't do it. I was just, he's my, I, he's my God. I, I followed Chad. You know, he's the Jim right. Jones. I'm kind of that, that kind of cold kind mm -hmm. of following, but I didn't do it. Look to Chad. Now she doesn't have to testify. Her lawyers will just make that argument. So the lawyers right. make it's a great circumstantial argument that the bodies were found on Chad's property, she was a follower of his cult. You got the wrong person. Yes, she might be guilty of neglect. Right. But that's it. Maybe manslaughter. I mean, we could make the argument. They're going to make the argument first degree murder, right? Premeditation, all that jazz, because you dug a hole, you buried the kids on Chad's land. There, there is some of the holes, right? The daughter and the son both went missing before Chad and Lori were married. The daughter and the son both went missing um, before Tammy died, I believe, which was Chad's wife, right? So there's, right. there's a couple. There's, all about that same time, end of September, right. beginning of October. Right, but even, I mean, there's timeline issues because if the kids died, if the kids went missing before she and Chad allegedly were together, right? Because they got married in um, November of 2021. So if I was the prosecutor, I would focus on the fact that Lori lost track of her kids, in essence killed them in September, maybe October, and then she hooked up with Chad. That Chad helped her, right, by allowing her to bury the kids on Chad's property as a prosecutor. Not saying that this is going to hold a lot of water or being able to make the argument, but the argument is that um, Lori took her kids away from the, the community that they knew and the family that they knew here in Gilbert, Arizona, moved them up by Chad Daybell, that and does then show did a away with them. Planning. Right. So, again, motive means an opportunity, right? The motive is there that she wanted to get rid of her kids so that way she, her and Chad could have a beautiful life together as evidenced by all the other bodies that are dropping around him. She had the means to kill her children. There's there. I don't think there's a question on whether or not she had the, the means to do so. And when was the opportunity? She secluded them from everyone else. 
She moved them away from everything. She disappeared. She lied about where they were to the grandparents and to the police to the point of being arrested. Yes, this is all circumstantial, but as we saw in like the Murdoch case, they, they gave that great discussion about ripping off pieces of the Mona Lisa that you still know it's the Mona Lisa. You still know it's murder. You may not just have all the pieces. And the, it's interesting you brought up the, the Alec Murdoch murder trial because there's a docu right. Netflix docu-series on that as well. Well, there was right. a Netflix docu-series on these murders as well. I, mm-hmm. I, it'd be interesting to see how does that play out? Does everyone in this community, did they watch the docu-series? Is it, is it, is it the same kind of small town, small county like you had in, in Hampton yeah. County, uh, South Carolina? But I, I get what you're saying. But again, this is not civil court. This is criminal court where criminal all court. the defense has to do is bring up reasonable doubt. And right. here... You get one juror, right? One juror to sympathize with Lori. Yeah, and one juror to say, yeah, I think it was Chad. Chad is the bad guy here. He's the one yeah. who brought her under her uh, his wing. He's manipulated her. That's why she's walking around talking about zombies. Clearly, she's not right. mentally fit. The law might say she's mentally fit, but she clearly is underneath his his uh, his wing here. And so right. this is a situation where Chad is guilty, and she we don't really have the, the reasonable doubt as to her involvement in the murders. Now, if there were a charge of you're a bad, crappy parent, I think she's going to be found guilty of that. 100%. But, but murder? I don't know. Right. I think there's reasonable doubt, at least as we understand the case now. But again, we're going to be following this trial as it goes along. For sure. All right. Any other thoughts on this trial before we move on to our next uh, legal matter? I think there, there's two points and one fairly recently in that. And I think as we talked pre in the in the show notes before we got here, is that she's in court. Uh, Idaho did away with the insanity defense in like 1982, right? So she couldn't do the insanity defense anyways, which I think is going to be um, a hard road for the prosecutors now because you have to prove that she had intent. She had uh, mens rea, if I remember the law school correct law school term correct, right? She had, right. had the criminal intent to kill. Um, and secondly, like the judge, I feel the judge ruling this week opens up a lot for the appeal because the judge ruled that she had to sit through the four and a half hours of experts going over the remains of her two children. So she didn't and want to be in court when they went over. No, no, why did she not want to be in court? Because mental health issues. She thought it was too, the, the lawyer asserted. I don't want to say that she thought this way. The lawyer argued her lawyer argued that watching this testimony of the exhumation of her children and the examination of the bodies and all of the decay and all of the photos and all the everything was going to be too much for her. She was going to have a mental breakdown. It was going to be detrimental to her mental health. Now, she doesn't have to be present at the trial at all. Like, as long as the court knows where she's at, right, right. it's a verifiable location, and her lawyer is there to represent her on her behalf, now, that is incredibly odd and doesn't happen very often, if at all. I don't think at any point in my career did a criminal defendant purposely not show up to a trial that they were participating in that wasn't on the run to begin with. Um, but the judge ruled for due process reasons with not much other like um, explanation that she had to sit and watch all of this Um yeah, see, I'm not buying the I'm not buying the judge's due process concerns because how I view due process is that it is an individual's right to right. Um, to have certain procedures followed. But mm-hmm. and yeah, the state also has some interest to make sure that you know, any convictions are done in an orderly fashion. But this situation being present right. in court, that's more her right to be able to confront her accusers. If she wants to, right. I, I don't want to be here to watch this part of the, the proceedings because it's going to cause me a mental breakdown. You're forcing me to do this. Surely she could right. waive that right for that minimal period of time. Now, is this going to be reversible error? Probably not. Uh, I, I think that the, the from the state's perspective, they're going to say, well, look, we have an interest to make sure you're there following it. That way, when you complained mm-hmm. about it later on, you, you were there to, to see what was going on. But still, she's going to say, my lawyers were there, and I waived that right, and it was a very specific right that I waived. I knew what I was doing. So, I, yeah, I'm not. I not think it's you. a gift to the defense. Because according to the, the stories that I read, Lori, like, cried 
and was like completely inconsolable the entire time okay. during these four hours. So now she's sympathetic mom. If they would have let her go, the prosecution could have said she didn't care enough about her kids to even sit through how they were killed. Right. She didn't even she didn't even want to know how they died. She didn't even want to know. She didn't even want to sit there and listen to be able to know without a shadow of a doubt that she did not commit those crimes. Yes. Like, it's I, a gift to the defense. I agree. I think the defense is going to be able to, to run with that, to see her emotion, if it was raw oh, yeah. and genuine. Look at um, her. Does that, this look like someone who murdered her kids? Look, again, look that, at how destroyed she is. And that plays into my theory that it's, it's Chad. Chad is the one that did this. He was calling all the shots. He was doing mm -hmm. all these acts. Uh, and, and so it really, you gotta, you gotta blame Chad. Uh, and remember, she doesn't have to testify. And here's the other thing. Chad is not on trial right now. They're doing her trial first, maybe to hope that she somehow then is found, is found guilty and then turns on Chad. I've seen that done before, but if she is acquitted now, it becomes a lot tougher because now they can flip their story after she's acquitted. She can say, Oh no, Chad, um, you know, uh, he didn't do it at all. I mean, you know, for whatever right. reason, I mean, if she's acquitted, it does open up that possibility. Right. But again, uh, they're, the jury's not deciding these two issues at the same time. She could turn on Chad. Now I say she, it's actually be her lawyers turn on Chad. She, I'm sure she's not going to be called to testify. So it's going to be the lawyers making this argument. And, uh, I can tell you, I, to me, that has some play that creates a reasonable doubt here in this, in this case. Oh no, I'm down with that. I think there's going to be a lot of reasonable doubt. All right, well, now let's go over, Chris, to our Wacky Cases segment. This is now <laughs> our week two. We're trying to come find these Love crazy it. cases that are out there. As if our headline case wasn't crazy enough, this was a little bit different. And I found this one where this guy, a Richard Overton, and by the way, we have mm -hmm. a copy of the actual lawsuit, the court's order attached to these show notes if you want to read this court order. But this person watched these beer ads. Now, Chris, I, I don't know if you feel the same way I do, but, you know, I really, I, I really dug beer commercials. I mean, they are really cool. I'm thinking of the Budweiser. <laughs> I mean, they always had yep. the funniest commercials, right? Right. They had and, the, oh, what was it? Yeah, go. Yeah, and, and they always also depict these people that are drinking. There's all kinds of good-looking people on the video. Mm -hmm. So so Richard Overton saw these commercials. Thought, oh, okay. So there's a connection between drinking beer, Budweiser, yep. and then having beautiful women just swoon all over me. And so he went and bought a bunch of beer. Turns out it didn't happen. So he filed a lawsuit against Anheuser-Busch in 1991 for, I guess, faulty advertising that he drank the beer, he just got drunk, and he did not have women fawn all over him. And so what do you think about that case? I mean, I feel on a daily I should just wear pearls so I could clutch my pearls at so many moments in life. Like, you mean to tell me that Budweiser... Anheuser-Busch is selling me a bill of goods to say I could have this wonderful time if I drink your beer. You mean to say that without a shadow of a doubt that if I sit at home in my one-bedroom apartment in Illinois or whatever, wherever he was wherever he was hanging out, all by myself, drinking Anheuser-Busch in the dark, that somehow beautiful women are going to just jump in from the streets in whatever skimpy outfit that they were wearing, and we're going to automatically start a beach volleyball game, that, that that's not going to happen. I, I just, one, I feel bad for the guy, right? I feel bad um, on like a, on a level of like, are you lonely? Do you need a right. friend? Like, how can we help you? But then I also think like, like, how much of a money grab are you going after? Like, let's just test the water with some lawsuits. Let's see if Anheuser-Busch will settle this case, right? Like, very similar to the woman with the hot coffee for McDonald's, right? Let's let's start suing, and let's see if, if these stupid people laws are going to allow me to win a bunch of money. Interesting you brought up McDonald's, because I was thinking about another McDonald's case where they actually were sued because a person went to McDonald's, they, they saw all the McDonald's commercials where you see this happy, uh -huh. healthy family. Let's say they're frolicking in some kind of meadow with flowers and Ooh. their puppy dog is there. And he's like, oh, what a nice, healthy family. Well, this person ate at McDonald's, 
all the time and got really fat. And so they sued McDonald's because their little kids, Jimmy and Susie, ate McDonald's all the time. And they didn't have this happy, healthy family. Instead, little Jimmy and little Susie got fat. And so they sued McDonald's and sought a class action saying McDonald's is liable for our national obesity problem because they advertise these healthy people when indeed their food just causes all kinds of clogged arteries. Well, they lost that lawsuit. And also here, Mr. (laughs) Overton lost this lawsuit. There was no... Valid base for that. Yes, right. fraudulent advertisement is a real thing. You can have real right. claims. You can. But not like this. No. Right. That's who Anheuser Bush because you are just fat and ugly. Right. That, that's right. on you. Go to the gym, exercise, become maybe an inter, uh, you know, uh, entertaining kind of conversationalist. Right. But just because you drink beer is not going to um, uh, get you to any kinds of right. dates, I guess. And also, don't center your happiness on the belief that scantily clad women will make you happy. No, I'm thinking of all kinds of lawsuits there. Uh, you know, right? All right, my right, exes right. live in Texas. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that right. you can follow there. Right. right, right, all right. Well, let's do a Murdoch update. Oh, we Ooh. can't really do a podcast. Because we want ratings up, by the way. Yeah, please give us a a five-star review, like us, and share us. But we have found that when we mention Alec Murdoch, our ratings go up. And so this is your weekly Alec Murdoch update. He has new prison digs. And I don't know if you're concerned with where he is now uh, residing, Mm -hmm. but apparently he got moved to a new maximum security prison about 40 miles north of Augusta, Georgia, Augusta was yep. just in the news this last week for their great the Masters. Masters. I don't know if you watched that. I, I, I Sun Devils, baby. Sun Devils. The winner of the Masters this year Rome. is an ASU alum. He is a four-year Sun Devil degree in communications and his wife threw javelin here at the Arizona State University. There you go. Shout out to Arizona State. You guys are finally made it in the news for some other reason than being <laughs> a partying school. That's great. Uh, but... Yeah, no, we're talking about the Masters here a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, but Alec Murdoch is now residing just north of Augusta, and this prison is on uh, Redemption Way. That's kind of oh, nice I to name that. the road which the state prison is located, Redemption Way. That. But maybe I'm thinking of some movie that might come out with Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, you're on Redemption which Way. Which is one of the greatest movies of all time. The interesting thing about this story about Alec Murdoch, which I didn't realize because I, I just don't have a lot of involvement with, with uh, the jails, but well, obviously he's in uh, uh, protective custody due to the notoriety of his case. So they don't, you know, you gotta, gotta kind of keep him, you know, isolated. He is in a single eight by 10 foot cell, which I think is about your office size from what you told me yes. before this podcast started. 100% true. He has his own bed, toilet and sink. So all accommodations there in his place. The state prison houses more than 1,200 inmates. And so you got that going for him. He's in a special part of this prison where, again, the the, the more notorious people are located because they're trying to keep them protected from the other inmates. Now, what's interesting about this all-male facility, it employs inmates at this facility because it has a factory there that produces upholstered furniture and modular office systems in addition to to powder coating metal products. Did you realize that these state prisons are also factories producing things like furniture that you can buy for your office? San Quentin Prison in just north of San Francisco produces all the school-wide office chairs, desks, everything for California schools. So prisons have long relied on slave labor to keep costs down for the government. I wonder if the quality is good. I mean, do they advertise these? If I go to office, you know, depot, can I say, I want the the one that's built by an inmate? Usually they're just for like government office buildings. Like it's to stock like department of transportation or the DMV or something to that effect. I don't know if they sell on the open market, Ah. but if they do, I bet you it runs through like three or four shell corporations. So that way you so you would have no one, idea. Right. Because let's let's look, prison I fully believe that we should use the prisoners today to build our space stations. These are some of the most inventive, innovative, quick thinking individuals, because they have to be, right? I bet you we could colonize Mars within 10 years there if we go. use the prison system to do it. 
If it so happens, if we you heard it here it, first. Right. So if they were to sell on the open market, right, smuggling, weapons, drugs, all of that stuff could become more prevalent within the prison systems if you did it that way. All right. Well, there you go. That is your Alec Murdoch update, and hopefully something will happen before next week so we can also can keep our ratings up. All right, Chris. Well, they did exhume Stephen's body this weekend. They, okay. The the kid Stephen, I can't think of his last name. The one that was the the gay kid I'm that was killed. I'm thinking of Stephen Smith, but I could be off on that as well. Um, it is Stephen Smith. It is. Okay. It is Stephen Smith. Um, they Once exhumed again, his I am body. Right. There you are, Joel, killing it. Uh, they exhumed his body on Friday. They're doing the independent autopsy this week. They should have some results for us by early next week. The cause of death. I assume they can determine cause of death. Was did he just? Yep. Fall on the road and accident. die of natural causes in the middle of Interstate right. 4? Or was he actually was killed? Was something real? Yeah. So yep. we'll, we'll find that out next week uh, or for sometime sure. in the future. All right, Chris. It is now time for Courtroom Court- Quarterback. Quarterback. Loves it. We All need right. to get a theme music. We need to get some sort of like, I don't know, song. Something know. cool. Sean, something cool. can you get us some something cool get right some, here? Sean, Sean, get on it. Come on, man. Yeah. Come I, on. Want, I want some cool guitar music. Maybe get my son right. Luke this time to come up with some kind of cool little uh, I don't know, guitar like, lick. like an image of you and I in like football gear with a suit jacket over it. Oh, like, showing our guns. Right. I mean, Second Amendment all day, baby. There you go. All right. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about sports. We just talked a little bit about the Masters. And so I, yeah. I do feel like I got to get a little bit off my chest. I watched the Masters a lot mm-hmm. this last weekend because I was excited about watching it. It was good times. I really like Kepka, and But my favorite golfer is Phil Mickelson. I don't know why. Okay. I watched him way back when he was really young. He was the up-and-coming yeah. stud out of um, where Arizona? He's yep. from your neck of the woods, right? Is, is he your neighbor? That's right. No, I don't live in that neighborhood. Okay, well, I like. I'm a huge Phil fan, and I don't, yeah. I don't know if you no, remember, he struggled to win his first major for the longest right. time, even though he's an incredible golfer. Well, he now is on the live tour, and the reason yep. why we mention that there's a lot of controversy about this Masters. Will they follow the live golfers? Will they give them fair treatment? Will there be some kind of controversy yeah. here? Well, the reason why I mention that is I'm a huge Phil fan. Phil is a fan favorite, and he actually was in contention after the third round, and then on the day four, he caught fire. Fell apart. He ended up. He ended up finishing second place in the entire Masters. That is an amazing run by Phil Mickelson. Now, if you watched it, that would come as a shock to you because they almost had zero coverage of Phil Mickelson. How could Phil Mickelson, who ended up finishing second, get almost zero coverage during the broadcast? Chris, I'm ticked. I mean... Yeah, like this is punitive. Everything's punitive at this point, right? The Ella, I mean, there's no doubt that Phil is an amazing golfer. There's no, there's no doubt that he's going to go down in in same conversations of Tiger Woods and Arnold Palmer. Right. Like it, it, it is, it is no, it's it's dumb to think, right? He he is an amazing athlete in his sport, but Phil's betting on a different horse than the, you know than the one that's that's running the race. How can you not cover Phil Mickelson on the final round of the Masters when he's making an incredible charge and ends up finishing second? I don't understand how they can't cover him outside of the, this is punishment against Phil for what he did with the LIV tour. I mean, yeah, they have control of the TV rights, right? It's it. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's where it's at, right? If they want to be punitive and they want to do what they want to show Phil that, they're the bigger buck in the room. That's what they're going to do. I think the big loser here was the Masters and CBS because if you did not show coverage of Phil, your ratings hurt because Phil will draw ratings. He will draw interest. And as it was, it, it was kind of nice. I, I'm a big Rom fan. I like him, but I also like Kepka. Mm-hmm. And I, Kepka also is a live golfer. And he then lost his lead and did not do a good job there of holding – Apparently, there's a lot of slow play going on in the Masters. The guy in front of him on the overlay was very, very slow in playing golf and just kind of drove them crazy. Uh, so much so that mm-hmm. Brian Rom actually took uh, seven bathroom breaks and still had to 
still had was waiting to shoot. Uh, but he was at least trying to occupy his mind uh, instead yeah. of just sitting there waiting, twiddling his thumb for the group in front of him. Uh, but right. again, I love the Masters. I just wish they would have showed more of Phil Mickelson. We have not heard the end of this controversy no, between the LIV golfers. But for the record, I think three of the top six golfers at the Masters were from the L the Live Tour. Uh, you had Reed, yeah, they totally were. Kepka, and Mickelson, three of the top six. Mm-hmm. Well, and that and that's what's telling you, right? The competition is going to be stiff because they're good golfers, right? So PGA, what are you going to do? CBS, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep to this archaic idea that PGA has a monopoly on everything that is golf? Or are you going to understand the fact that this is a free market environment and as, you know, other companies have no problem pandering to multiple audiences and making a ton of money. Right. I so think the PGA will it. win in the end. I do not see how they have Liv the wins and survives. Yeah, I, I just don't see how the Live is a, is a viable product. I do know that the Saudi whoever is pouring in millions and millions of dollars, but at right. some point that person going to get tired of this, of just pouring in this money, and they don't really have a good TV contract. So. At some point, they're going to say, we're going to stop funding this because it's just not generating any money. And I don't think these golfers, outside of the current group, are really going to Mm -hmm. be able to continue playing in the Masters and these other majors. Because the only reason why now you have some of them is they already pre-qualified. But eventually, that's going to die out. And the PGA is going to... Into the pre-qualification rounds. They're not going to let you in the pre-qualification rounds. Yeah, and, and right, we'll do that. And then the other way you can get in is like, oh, you finished in the top 30 or the money winners. Well, some of them played in the PGA within the last two years. So that's the mm-hmm. easiest way that they qualified. Or you finished in the top five or 10 or 15 at a major in the previous couple of years that also automatically qualifies you. Well, as time right. goes, that number is going to dwindle fewer and fewer and fewer. And so I right. just think it's a, it's a, I don't know how it's going to actually win long term, but then again, it's been around this long and maybe Enough. they have a plan. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Right. We'll see. Maybe, maybe we see a, maybe the LIV's long game is to sell it to the PGA and make a ton of money. That would be great. Right? If they would just come together. You know what guys right. It's all been a ruse. You know, we right. are here. And- I mean, you, well, that's what that's, I mean, not to, not to, to truck on this, but that was what Donald Trump tried to do with the USFL. Right was he was going to sell it back to the NFL and make a ton yeah. of money off of it. Right. And it's it's not a bad, like, look at Facebook, right? Instagram, um, WhatsApp, all this stuff made these great programs and then sold out to Facebook rather than compete with them. So it's an American way. Let's do it. All right. Uh, two more things I want to talk about. The, the next thing is the NBA season has finally arrived. Yep. The preseason is now over because the preseason mm-hmm. is what I call the actual regular season. Real no season. one cares about it. It's as boring as it can be. It's like watching paint dry on your wall. The players don't even care. It's like just an extended all-star game yep. where they don't even bother to play defense. That all mm-hmm. changes right now right because now. it is the playoff season. And Chris, I got the, I, I I'm a huge basketball fan. I follow it yep. uh, every day. I the, the stat sheets. I can't tell you who's the favorite to win the NBA championship. There's a lot of good teams out there. You got Milwaukee, who is mm-hmm. kind of a defending champion. They won two years ago, but then last year right. one of their star players uh, got injured and couldn't even play, and so now they're right. all three healthy again. So. They're kind of a defending champion. You got the Golden right. State Warriors. They actually are the defending champion. Uh, right. And they have been suffering through injuries all season long. Andrew Wiggins has right. been missing. Well, guess what? Yep. They're all back Wiggy's now back. together. Yep. Yeah. So you got Golden State. You got Boston, yep. the two yep. seed. Philadelphia, right. the MVP. With, we're going to see how KD does here in the Phoenix playoffs. Yeah. Right. He's He's healthy again. So I mean I think I think the the NBA the playoffs this year are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Okay, so Chris, I'm going to um, put you on the spot. Who is your pick to play in the finals of the NBA championship? Boston and Golden State. All right, who's going to win? Golden State. All right, is That's that your true. heart Boston's or is good. that your brain? Yeah, no, my brain is Boston, but my heart is Golden State. I, I love Golden State because of Andrew Wiggins. I'm a I'm a huge mm-hmm. Wiggins fan. I also like Steph Curry just because he's yeah. he's an interesting story, right? I mean, it's right. a, a small great story. guy who is revolutionizing the game. Oh yeah, absolutely. The game is a hundred percent changed because of Steph Curry's ability. Yeah, 
I don't know about Boston. Boston is, they, they choke. Uh, now, they do have a new coach, so that choking of yesteryear might not apply to this year because whenever you have a new coach, things might be a little bit different. Uh, so Boston is definitely to be feared. The Lakers, you got LeBron James, you got Antonio Lakers Davis. No, nope, nope. The Lakers shouldn't even be in this conversation. The Lakers right. are nowhere near. I, I mean, they're in the pickup games, right? They're not even, they didn't even make, make the playoffs. LeBron's not a postseason guy. All right, here's my pick then. I am going totally opposite from you. I'm going to go Milwaukee with the Greek Freak is going to play in the finals against your hometown of Phoenix Suns. I think Katie is that amazing. And we are okay. going to find who is the best big guy in the NBA. Is it going okay. to be KD for Phoenix or is it going to be the Greek Freak for Milwaukee? We will find that well, out this year. That's my honest. prediction for the finals. I love it. I love it. But if it's if it's Milwaukee, it's always Giannis. KD is too riddled with injuries and too old for this. So I don't think KD is going to. Then again, I've been a KD hater since, like, he was on Golden State. So, you, I mean, no. I'm just not a, I'm not in the Slim Reapers camp. It's just not there for me. I, I did not like him going to Golden State. I did not like that. I did not like the idea that he left Oklahoma. That seemed like a loser thing to do for him instead right. of win. But maybe I've been, rings. but maybe I've been does. too harsh on him. Maybe I've been too harsh because he was with Russell Westbrook there in Oklahoma City. Maybe he realized then that this is never going to happen. Yeah. I don't know, but I agree with you. I, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I was not happy when KD came to to Phoenix. I felt like Phoenix mortgaged their future with with dropping off Cam and Mikhail, and I'm just like, mm mm mm. All right. It's not there for it. I do think it's interesting. We've been talking about who's the best team in the NBA. We haven't actually mentioned the best team in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets, which is interesting <laughs> because they they are the best team. But they didn't That's even true. enter That's into true. our thought process. That's how wide mm -hmm. open this is yeah. going to be. I can list off probably six or seven teams that have a legitimate chance to win the NBA title. That's how wide open this is. But for my money, Down it's there. Milwaukee versus Phoenix. And Milwaukee's going to cut down at the Nets. All right. Good. One last thing here before we jump off here. The OBJ trade. Uh, well, he was traded. Uh, actually signed, I guess. He wasn't a trade. He was signed yeah. by uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And there's been a couple of talking points about this trade. Number one, people are saying, oh, the fact that the Ravens signed OBJ to a guaranteed contract means Lamar Jackson is going to be uh, their quarterback because there's no way OBJ... Right would play for the Ravens unless yeah. Lamar Jackson was coming. Chris, I'm not buying that. I, I don't, I think OBJ was washed up. That's why he signed with the Ravens. No one else would sign him. And so that's for why 15 I don't think million guaranteed 18 million contract, 3 million incentives, 15 million guaranteed. But, but is it really guaranteed? No, when we talk about a guaranteed contract, we talk about, oh, we signed a five-year guarantee. So for all five years, it's going to be a guaranteed contract. This is a one-year deal. All this guarantee is saying is you're on the team this year. But once you play million. day one, your entire contract for everyone becomes guaranteed. So all this guaranteed yeah. is saying is you're going to play for us this year. I, I don't care. 15 million bucks for one year in Baltimore. Come on. Right. He could have worse. Like I feel OBJ is going to be the guy that collects jerseys, right? He's going to be the guy who played for every team in the NFL at least once. All right. So I, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Then we'll be done here. Do you think right. the OBJ trade or signing means Lamar Jackson is going to be a Raven this year? Yes. Okay. Um, But I don't think it's just that. I think it's that he's not receiving traction from other teams. I think that uh, Lamar is looking at like keeping some face here to say, I, you know, I, I tried it out. Baltimore has been really good to me. I want to stay here. I'm going to take a contract. I think Chris, you just said an amazing thing. Do you, do you, was it intentionally genius or was that like an accident? I, a little bit of both. That's you just said the save face. That's brilliant. Is that what they're right. doing? They signed OBJ and now that allows Lamar to save face and come back, because now right. you can say, oh, because you signed OBJ, it's a different situation. I want to play right, with them. in the team, the whole nine arts. That's brilliant. I, that this was a move to allow Lamar Jackson to come back. It's not a guarantee he right. will, but maybe that was to give him some cover. Well, and Lamar wanted like Deshaun Watson guaranteed cash, and it wasn't going to get there. But they'll give him 15, 20 million guaranteed. Oh, yeah. For one. 
right? But they're not going to give him a hundred million, which is what he wanted. Well, he wanted like, like two hundred and twenty-five million guaranteed. Right. several years not, down the road. So, so they're not going to get there, but they will get there. OBJ at fifteen mil, they can give Lamar fifteen, twenty, twenty-five mil guaranteed for a year. So I think that this is a great way for Lamar to say, "Nope, Baltimore is investing in Baltimore, so I'm going to stay here." I think you're right. I think this was a, a, a deal to help him save face and be able to come back to the franchise saying it's a new deal. Mm-hmm. They'll meet somewhere in the middle. It won't be 225 guaranteed million, but it will be somewhere yeah. in the middle and they'll bring him back. And that way they can have a great pe- press conference and move forward. And then no one's going to care. You know, high fives, purple and gold everywhere, right? Confetti. All right. The key to the city is going to get handed out. It's going to be beautiful. There you go. Hey, Chris, have a great week. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll talk to you next week. And uh, i let you out with two minutes to spare. Thank you, Joel. Have a great day. All right, we'll see you. Later, bro. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review. We need your love to help us continue highlighting the funnier side of the law. I want to give a special shout-out to our Vice President of Operations, Wendy Oster, without whom this entire operation would be a complete and utter mess. Sean Wynn and 15.5 Features for making me sound way better than I actually do. Brooke Bolin for our marketing efforts. And Ryan Kuhn and Paul Kuhn of Tribe. Plus City Marketing for our technical and computer support.